I'm a knock on a door. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius Energy Drink. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me is Scott Reynolds from PewterReport.com. It is a wonderful Wednesday. I haven't been on a podcast in five days, Scott. What have you been doing, John? What have you been doing? <laughs> it's the longest hiatus for me, I think. <laughs> since I started a pure, since we took the pod five days a week anyway, yeah. instead of four days a week. So, whoa, we look, we're, oh, look at that. We look extremely studious on today's we show. We've we're been studying, closing. haven't we? We have been. We've been, been studying research. Yes. Yeah, very closely this Bucks quarterback situation. And so we just thought we'd look our best today on the show and just show right. people with our appearance how hard we've studied. For yes. this podcast today, it's it's these aren't fake glasses either. These are not oh. props. These are real legit glasses. Okay, yours are prescription glasses, right? Yes. Okay, Some mine are like the man. blue light glasses. I have contacts in. Mine are like the blue light glasses. They're supposed to like gotcha. filter out light because I turn up all the brightness on my apps like a true maniac. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to filter some of that That's out. Great. So I'm not going to wear these the whole show because they're I'm not either just for people. But yeah, yeah, there we go. Definitely wanted to uh, just show you. See just, you but I can we're hear coming you, out of right. We're coming out of the study mode for the Bucks <laughs> right. quarterback situation. So obviously, wanted to let oh, that know boy. to people. We got a lot loaded show today. We're going to talk about we the Bucks do. quarterback situation. We're going to update the update the unupdatable is what we're going to call it because okay. I don't know that there's updates necessarily always to right. give, but we continue to talk about it. You and I talk about it all the time and speculate. And I hear what other people in the know in the media biz are talking about. And so I'm just going to put all that out there whether people take right. it as an update or not we're going to talk about that we'll talk about ryan jensen alex cap with some of what we're hearing and just what their situation is going into free agency and how the bucks treat that and we're also going to talk about the bucks biggest offseason needs uh, that are coming up um so real excited to get into all that today scott because a lot of people think it's the quiet time of the year but for us we get the combine around the corner next week uh matt and i are going to be there in indy yes feels like things are just starting to pick up for us right now what's going to be a crazy offseason it really has you know and, uh, you know, me, I mean, John, I, I, uh, um, I, I've been a Blaine Gabbert fan all year. I mean, why wouldn't I, I mean, the Buccaneers are undefeated when Blaine Gabbert played this year. That's true. Right? Yes. It's right. great to see our, our colleague and friend, Rick Stroud, come around right to the notion that Blaine Gabbert very well might be the best option for the Buccaneers. Now, not, 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 not the best option in terms of he's the best quarterback available, right. Or that he is. He's the, uh, you know, the best quarterback that could help the Buccaneers in, in 2022, but he might be the best guy that they can get. You know, if you notice, we do have a disclaimer right at, at the bottom where we're not endorsing the notion of Blaine Gabbert. We're simply <laughs> reporting on the likelihood of Blaine being the best option for the Buccaneers. And, and listen, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times said the exact same thing. Folks, don't kill the messenger. Don't kill me. Right. Kill Rick, too. We, we do, do not, not represent, represent Gabbard, nor are we employed by Gabbard. No, we are not. Peter Report owner, part yeah. owner, Blaine Gabbard. And Blaine did not slip me a $20 bill to say nice things about him either. So that is the disclaimer that we will throw out there when we're talking about Blaine Gabbard this offseason. So. Look, I uh, the, it's been funny. Like, this has honestly picked up steam. Like, yeah, see, and there's the handoff right there. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's the tag team. You're in, Blaine. It's your team now, right? That's, you you have to put these disclaimers this. out when you go from Tom Brady to potentially playing Gabbard, a quarterback. Yes. And that's a real possibility. You have to put it out there. Now, if the Bucs end up getting another quarterback or something else ends up happening, there will always be the revisionist. People really thought the Bucs were going to go into 2022 with playing Gabbard as their starting quarterback. Right. Oh, LOL. Like, it wasn't a possibility, but it is Back like up. legitimately a possibility. Yeah. Now, I'll say this, though, to be clear, because some people are like, wow, you know, talking yourself into Blaine Gabbard in 2022, and I get it. But yeah. they aren't doing anything that they shouldn't be doing in terms of, right. like, you obviously talk them up, you explore all your other options, don't fall in love with a mid-tier option that isn't actually going to take you where you're going to go. Right. Use Gabbard, bridge him to Trask, Trask plays some this year, you find out about those quarterbacks. Yeah. You probably aren't great, but you're probably not so bad that you lose the culture the locker room either. Then you're ready to go in 2023. I'm not right. saying that's what they'll do. I'm just saying that's the path. They're not unrealistic. They don't I think agree. Blaine Gabbard's going to win a Super Bowl. I I agree. I, here's here's the thing when it comes to to Kyle Trask. 
you get a second round pick invested in Kyle Trask if you're the Buccaneers. Now, albeit it's a late second round pick, but if this guy's going to amount to anything, in, in my opinion, John, you may agree or disagree, mm-hmm. he has got to be the backup quarterback this year. He has got to be the guy that that either is handed or wins the number two job just for the reps alone. For him to be able to develop behind the scenes, he's got to be that guy. And that yeah, either happens so- as Blaine, you know, they explored all the options. Blaine was was the best available option. Cross the fingers, build a team around the quarterback position, address it in 2023, as you've maybe mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Kyle's got to be that number two guy if he's going to amount to anything here in year two. He's only got, you know, three more years left in the deal. Or let's say they get a Deshaun Watson. Let's say they trade for Russell Wilson, whatever, right? You can yep. re-sign Blaine, right? And matter of fact, right. you, might, you might sign Blaine and then acquire one of these quarterbacks later on to upgrade. That's fine and great. I think Buck fans would applaud that. Then you pit Kyle and Blaine head-to-head, and mm-hmm. you you hope, if you're the Buccaneers, because of the investment with the draft pick in Kyle Trask, he can beat out Blaine Gabbard in, right. in year two for the number two job. Matter of fact, we had Jake Arians, Bruce Arians' son, say that exact same thing. Right after the draft, when we had him on talking about Kyle Trask, did we not? Right. We just have to. We have to see Kyle Trask play with good players. Like we, it just we just have no idea, man. Like right. we don't know whether he can. I don't think he's. There's ever going to be a great ceiling, but I'm all for him. But I'm also not going to yeah. tell say he's horrible before right. I get a chance we to just even see him. him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. It's not like this guy was a first pick in the draft or anything. Like he's the 64th pick in the draft. He was the right. last pick in the second round. Yes. You know, it's okay for the Bucks not to know, and it's okay for them to not totally want to put all their eggs in that basket going into this year. It doesn't mean that he's trash if they trade for Russell Wilson or something right. like that. It's Russell Wilson. Like he's still top right. 10 quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all that aside, we'll continue to talk about Gabbard and Trask all off season. I did want to just quickly say it sure. sounded like Adam Schefter watched his recent show on, uh, I, but with Ari uh, Mirov on uh, pro football focus. Yeah. And um, it was interesting. He really, kind of just said if this Russell Wilson trade was going to happen it really probably would have happened earlier in the offseason or it would have been talk earlier in the offseason right. a la Stafford situation because like what's really going to change like the Seahawks aren't really a content like they're not a contender coming out of the season and so right. they're not really that none's really going to change that much to like make them a different team just like the Lions weren't going to change enough to make Stafford you know, a different team. So Stafford kind of came right away, right after the right. season ended and did it. And so that was an interesting thought by him. I knew the Russell Wilson trade is more likely than an Aaron Rodgers trade, but unlikely to happen to the Bucs. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. We just have to see where that goes. Russell Wilson hasn't actually asked for a trade either offseason. Schefter was clear right. about that. He has not said he wanted to go anywhere else other yeah. than Seattle. And in fact, this offseason, he's been He's vocal that he's wanted to stay in Seattle. I don't see yeah. Seattle being The other thing, too, otherwise. is look at Seattle's depth chart. There's no yeah. heir apparent to, to Russell Wilson. It's not like, and they yeah. could want to suck, but what for what draft picks this <laughs> right. year? Like, there's that, nothing to that's the thing. This draft, this is a bad draft class, John. You're right. And it's like, at least the Buccaneers have, have invested in Kyle Trask, a second round pick. At least the Packers, uh, if Aaron Rodgers wants to move on, retire, you know, get traded, whatever, at least they've invested a first right. round pick in, in Jordan Love. At least the 49ers have invested a first round pick in Trey Lance. So, some teams have kind of built the framework. The Seattle Seahawks have not drafted a quarterback in forever, right? They have yeah. not even entertained the notion of the post-Russell Wilson era in Seattle. Right, right. Yeah, it is. So that's kind of your quarterback update as much as a little update, I guess. But I, I still think those things are a lot. Deshaun Watson could be a possibility, yeah. but it's going to see how this situation plays out is going to be really important. Yeah. There's just a lot of – there's yeah. a lot of – Right now, there's too many red flags to Sean Watson for to make any predictions about anything. Right. I do think if let's just pretend for a second, and we yeah. obviously can't do this, but if we're just talking football, I think Russ, I think Deshaun Watson to Tampa Bay would be, I don't want to say automatic because the Texans still have to like like the package, right. so the Bucks still have to want to offer a lot because they're not necessarily a high pick, yes. and they won't be if they get Watson. Probably as you've pointed out in your articles, I think that part is true. Mm-hmm. So the Bucks would probably have to offer maybe a little bit more than even another team might um Ooh, yeah i don't know if there would be a player involved there there could Especially, be a number of different things there it, but, listen there, there's been some smoke coming out of philadelphia right that if deshaun watson be cleared of criminal charges right mm-hmm. uh jalen hurts eh, did he do enough to get 
the Eagles to the playoffs, yeah, technically, and they got their ass kicked by the Buccaneers in the first round, and, and Hurts played horribly. Uh, maybe not as bad as Kyler Murray did in his first round playoff exit, but he played <laughs> bad. Kyler Murray right? just catching a random stray. <laughs> it was, it was, sorry, he was bad. It was bad. Um, but the thing is with Hurts is, is Deshaun Watson would be a huge upgrade for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And yep. in and the thing with the Eagles is they have three first-round draft picks this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how how Tampa Bay could possibly compete with that. I mean, Jason, I could say, we'll give you four first-round picks. Okay, well, this year's pick is 27. All of the Eagles' picks are like before pick 20 or 22, yeah. whatever it is, right? And, and that's this year. They don't have yep. to wait for the pick next year and the year after that and the year after that. By that time, the general manager and coach could be fired. Like they don't yeah. want that. So the right. Eagles, the Eagles really, in my opinion, have if they want a different quarterback, they can easily go out and get them before the Steelers, the Washington Commodores, the but, the the Buccaneers, the Saints, et cetera, because right. of what they can offer. But here's the important part. Deshaun Watson has the no trade clause. He gets Correct. to decide where he goes. Yes. And that's a huge important part of this because he's owed 35 mil this year, Scott. Yep. And if he doesn't want to go to Philly and he wants to go to Tampa and they right. need to get his number off the books, they need to get all that stuff off the books. Mm-hmm. They need to lessen the cap and they don't want to pay him. Yeah. They've got to move him to where he wants to go. And if there's two offers on the table, but one isn't really on the table because Deshaun Watson's like, nah, I'm saying like, I'm not going there. Right. Like period. You know, then, then it might be like, okay, Deshaun, he loves Bruce Arians. He said it, yep. Bruce Arians loves him, you know, all this stuff. Like he wants to play in Tampa Bay with that town. Now I'll say all that, like that's the on-field situation, the off-field stuff. I just don't even think it's on the table until we know. Yeah. And we probably won't know until April. So this could be, a, this could be April drawn at the earliest. The it right. might even be into training camp before we know. Right. And it, it wouldn't, it, yeah. it wouldn't stop say the Buccaneers from doing a deal, but it would put even more importance really mm-hmm. on having a guy like Blaine Gabbard back right. in the fold because right. The thing is, is, is listen, whether you like Blaine or not, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke here, folks. The the thing with, with Gabbard is, and this is coming straight from Clyde Christensen, the quarterback's mm-hmm. coach, who said that Gabbard was like the assistant quarterback's coach. He, more than anybody, helped Brady get acclimated to this system in the meetings, on the field, et cetera, mm-hmm. because he had multiple years in it with Bruce Arians' offense. Now, uh, Nate Pitts is questioning the, the validity <laughs> of this picture of Blaine Gabbert and Tom Brady high-fiving. And this it is looks really Photoshop like, because Gabbert's not looking at him. Correct. So no look exactly. high-five. Exactly. It's basically but, the Matt Stafford of high-fiving. Well, the, the thing is, is picture like uh, like a, a wrestling match, right, where Tom Brady is coming out and Blaine Gabbert is solely focused on the enemy in the ring as he should wow. be. What determination. Right? He holds the hand up. This? He knows that Brady's going to slap it. And when he does, it's on! Okay, so I'm just saying. Incredible. Like, yeah. like this picture is not photoshopped. This is one of the great photos we get from Cliff Welch, our director of photography, who not only takes great action pictures, he also takes pictures that are great editorial shots like that. So yeah, yeah. like this one right here, Brady right. kind of staring down Arians, right? So, we'll see. so nothing totally new, but I do think that there's some w- worth mentioning in there about Deshaun Watson is that it does yeah. seem like the most important thing is where does he want to go once all this – if it does, yeah. get clear. we don't know what's going to happen, but that will be a really big factor in this. And I think that there's plenty of reason to believe he would want to go to Tampa Bay. So we'll see if it comes to that. Yeah, that's the and, thing. The other teams out there, the Panthers, the 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 co- Commanders, the the Eagles. Like, I mean, you can't realistically say that any of those teams are in a better position than the Bucks. You can't. So like that has yeah. to be attractive to it has to be, at some point. In time. It has to be attractive to Sean Watson. It's not attractive. Houston, Texas don't care. They just want the they want the booty, right? They they right, want they, they want the right. So yeah, and I, and I don't don't mean like the booty, booty. I mean like like the booty, like the pirate booty, yeah. like the treasure. And now you know, that's what they the have to understand though that it, they can want that as much as they want. But at the end of the day, if Deshaun Watson's yeah. not like thumbs up, it's two to tango know, in, in this exactly. Instance, right? So that's going to be a, a factor yeah. in all this too. Is trying to get that to happen. So yeah. uh, I just wanted to address this really quick, Joey. Yeah. Uh, congrats on the promotion uh, to, to me. Do you deserve it after all the great and hard work? You've been doing since you joined. Also eases my worries about you taking the Steelers GM job. <laughs> no, I'm great. not getting caught up in a second-rate yeah. uh, front office situation for sure. Don't worry, Joey. But I appreciate this, and I appreciate all the comments yesterday. The comments were pretty unbelievable yesterday. Uh, definitely 
blown away, super humbled by people on Twitter. Um, just uh, the D DMs that I got from people, uh, just encouraging and going into specifics about what Peter Report has meant to them over the last couple of years, especially and the Bucks run, but us, you know, taking the show to four days a week and yep. expanding everything and growing our staff and growing the amount of content that we produce and just seeing people like notice that you, you wonder sometimes like do people even know, like you're doing all this stuff and you're thinking about all these things and mm -hmm. having all these creative ideas. And you wonder how much people like sometimes do they take it for granted. Do they know Do they see the effort that we're putting in? Do you see how much better we're trying to make it for them? Um, that gets lost in the media space. We don't really talk about those things that openly. And so it was just really cool to see like how many people have noticed that yeah. and have appreciated that growth. And, you know, we obviously know where our traffic numbers are, Scott, and we talk about all the time. We see like the growth that's happened and people oh, yeah. see us grow our staff as a result of those things. And we're ecstatic about the direction everything's going in. But it's just cool to know that our fans aren't just like coming in and watching the pod, which is obviously great or reading oh, yeah. an article, but they actually are like in this with us. You know what I mean? They're invested in seeing me get promoted and seeing mm -hmm. you know, people under us eventually get promoted and get expanded jobs and you and, you know, seeing the site grow and the show grow and all those things to know that people and me grow in, old, John. That's yeah, the thing. You grow, really old. No, grow young. Um, that is really no, actually, cool the, that people are in that's it with true. us. To that your degree, your you energy, I mean? Casey, Matt, JC, Paul, uh, Josh, um, you know, everybody. I mean, as, as the old guy on the staff now, I used to be a young guy. I started off covering the Buccaneers. I was, I was 25 years old. I was the young guy on the beat, but it's been really cool. It's been, it's, it's helped keep Pewter Report fresh, new ideas, new blood. It's invigorated me. And, and John, it's a well-deserved promotion. We're happy to do it. And uh, we're, we're just excited about uh, everything that you brought to the table and everything that you and I and the rest of the team are going to collaborate on to help continue this Peter Report endeavor. It's it's been it's been a fun um, it's 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 been a fun ride for me for now twenty seven years. It's crazy to think about, you know. But what makes it a fun ride is not just the fact that it's solo. It's it's everybody on board, right? And it's like right. you know we've had we've had to go from a car you know, to a minivan. I mean, we're going to have to get like a, like a tractor trailer, right. To put right. all the PR staffers on board <laughs> and, and, and send this thing down the road at a high speed. So we're, we're just really excited about, uh, everything you've done, John, everything that you're going to do very well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. And, and I think you just bring up a good point. Last thing I'll say about it is that we do get caught up in all the, you know, what's, what are we building toward? What is Peter report going to look like? What is the traffic going to look like? What are the viewership going to yeah. look like? And we obviously have done a lot of uh, obsessing might be a strong word, but we've got a, a lot. We've done a lot of like very, you know, concentrated conversation about those things in the past mm -hmm. couple of years. And it's obviously gotten us to a point that we're very happy with, but none of that matters. And I say this to our staff all the time. I think that yeah. none of that matters if you aren't impacting people. Like if people aren't happy or touched, right. if you're not bringing them joy in their life with the shows and the content uh, that you're doing, if you're not caring for them and showing appreciation for them when they reach out and, and, and thank you for something, um, if you're not thanking them and, and genuinely meaning it for like the, the participation and the viewership and the readership and all of those things. Right. And if you're not treating your staff that way, too, if you're not putting that into Matt and Casey and JC and, and Paul and now Josh Quipo, our newest edition, who's doing yeah. contract stuff and has like five articles emailed to me like that. I have to make sure I get up. <laughs> well, we've already got a couple edit. up already. So I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like, it's he's already got his battle plan done, Scott. Like he said it to me. Last what? Night. Are you kidding? Yes. Oh that's all I do for another two that's weeks. It's just wow. cool stuff, but like to see the energy that people have for like what we're doing mm -hmm. is just really, really cool. Um, so I think right. it's great because if you're not impacting people, like you're wasting your time in the business, in my opinion. Yep. So as much as it is about how much we can build and grow, it is right. so much about that on the fan so, and staff level. So I'm just pumped about that. Totally agree. Before we get into today's meat and potatoes, uh, what's John's title now? John, uh, I promoted John from the editor-in-chief position. Uh, he actually created a new position, uh, a vice president's <laughs> level, but VP of editorial content and sales, right? Um, and so that that's that's a new title we created for John. Yeah. And um, sure. um, my title, uh, I actually got a promotion too. I didn't really want to, you know, tweet it out um, <laughs> because it just, you know, I've, I've just been around. I'm not like the new kid on the block, but but um, I, I've gone from the head janitor to the uh, vice president of janitorial services. So that's my new title. There you go. 
That's a good title. That's a great yeah, title. I, look, you're cleaning up all our messes. That's what it is. You know? <laughs> there's, no, there's not many messes cleaning up. That's the that's great right. thing. No, <laughs> I, I'm I'm the I'm staying put as as the the vice president of the company and the shot the caller, so. procurer yeah. of information. You have a lot of titles. Let's be honest. We all have a lot of titles. That's we what do. we do we when do. you have a small exactly. business, and we love it all. So speaking, speaking of, of titles, what we love, hold on one second. Hold on one oh, second. Okay. I, I got to jump. Right. Speaking of titles, I am I, I will never call on a podcast. I'll have to write about it just to so we'll get called out on social media. But I'm never going to call the Washington. This will be the last time you hear me say it. So clip this this little. <laughs> You're never going to call them by their mascot. Just say never going to call them by, the, by the, the commanders. It They're going to be known as the Commodores. It is. And, and yes, for this reason, Richie P. From this day forward, I proclaim the Washington team to be known as the Commodores. The mascot will be Lionel Richie. Uh, with the afro, the bell bottoms, and the platform shoes. You know, I, I prefer the the afro Lionel Richie myself. I'm an old school guy. That's just how I think of the Commodores and and Lionel Richie. Um, I'm a huge Lionel Richie fan. I say that with all respect. But yes, I would rather see Lionel Richie and the Commodores be the mascot for the Washington football team. I do hate Commanders, commanders. but it's look, awful. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was voting yeah. for other things all the way for, yeah. for them. But well, hey, it, listen, it well, fits their franchise, which is it, total it does. train wreck, <laughs> which is which is complete garbage. Right. Um, as somebody who grew up in Virginia in 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 the metropolitan Washington D.C. area, the Washington Redskins were my first team. I've got a John Riggins uh, autograph pictures. I've got books. I've got an autographed Redskins mini helmet with uh, Dexter Manley's autograph on it. Uh, just just memories of my childhood. I don't care about the team now and all that stuff. But the name they should have chosen, John, and I said this the, the other day on the podcast. What do you think about this? The Washington Warhogs have like a Razorback, like an Arkansas Razorback type logo, right? And and go ahead and, and use the Hogs reference from the glory days with the Joe Gibbs Hogs, right? The offensive line that helped lead them mm -hmm. to Super Bowls. And you can still use the jingle too. Hail to the Warhogs, right? You can still do that. There you go. But you can't. Awesome. Hail to the Commodores. You know, Command I guess. <laughs> you would say it. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. We don't it's like bad. it at all. But one thing we do like, Scott. What's good, John? We do What's like good? Celsius. Yes. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And Celsius Energy Drink is the title sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. And we're super grateful for it, man. The sparkling mango passion fruit. Has in them one week changed my life pretty much. My yes. wife knows I cannot stop talking about it. I love this one so much. It's become my favorite. Legit, I emailed yeah. with he texts me all the time said, in our Peter, Peter Report group chat. It's always about the, it's it's, about it's the just so good. Like if you can't get it, it's at Seven Elevens right now by you. It's really really good. Uh, but Essential Energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. There's no sugar. The taste is amazing. Tons of different flavors. I mean, what can you say about Celsius and the fact that it's just all awesome, Scott? Uh, I agree. And you know what I'm doing right now, John? I'm actually I'm literally doing this. I can't even see right now because I don't I'm not on the screen here. Um, I'm literally purchasing right now a Celsius sparkling Fuji Apple Pear uh, 12 pack. And I'm, I'm sending it to my house right now. And I'm doing so with the subscribe and save option. I'm literally doing this right now. And I'm hitting the subscribe and save and I'm setting it up right now. And I'm putting in my password. which I'm not telling you. That's fair. And you're and you're buying it and you're getting yourself some because Celsius is that great. And you can do this yourself on Amazon. Oh, do just did it. It's that easy. I, yep. How long did it take me? 30, 40 seconds tops. I literally just logged into my Amazon account and I made two purchases. I got the the tropical vibe, which I, I'm out of, and Great. and then I got the Fuji Apple Bear that I'm out yep. of too. So Very good. I just Excellent. did the subscribe Beautiful. and save. I saved five percent on Amazon. Boom, done. Love it. It's great stuff. No question about it. All right, let's talk about this offensive situation oh, here. One Scott, more thing, John. One more thing about oh, yes. Celsius. We're going to get to the, to the oh. meat and potatoes here. We have the fast bars to talk about, John. Oh, my goodness. The fast protein Brand, bars I heard today. We've got more yeah. coming to our house. White chocolate cookies and cream, caramel peanut crunch. Both are outstanding. I can't use, I can't wait uh, to have more of them in the house because we eat them pretty quickly when we have them. Yes. They can replace meal and they can replace sweets, man. It's uh, 20 grams of protein. I think only one gram, right, of, of sugar. It's yes. uh, It's awesome, right? Yeah, it's, it's truly the best. So make sure you get a chance to get these things. And the, the link to buy them, by the way, is in the uh, is in the YouTube description. So make sure you get a chance to check those out because they are game changers. And the thing is, they're on sale right now. Use the promo code HOLDFAST20. Save 20% on Amazon. Now through, I believe it's the end of, of March. I'll have to get, to get some specifics about that. But certainly right now, right. for this week, 
in the next coming weeks, you can save 20% on Amazon on the fast bars using the promo code holdfast20. Right. Absolutely. It's great stuff. So make sure you take advantage of that offer. All right. Let's jump back into some Bucks dialogue here, yeah. Scott, because we've got to talk about Ryan Jensen and Alex Kappa. We are going to talk about the Bucks' biggest offseason needs. But we aren't necessarily going to bring up offensive line. And here's why we're just basically kind of waiting to see how this thing plays out with these guys. Yeah. At this point, I think you and I, our Bucks battle plans will come out uh, the week after the combine, by the way. People always mm-hmm. look for those every offseason. Peter Report started doing those um, years ago and will continue doing those. We one for myself, Scott, JC. Casey, uh, Matt will have one, and I, I think Josh is Josh Q's doing one too. So I'm excited about yeah. that. Um, so we're all going to have one. That'll be the, they'll all be the week after the combine, so that week before free agency starts. Um, it's great stuff. And so one thing that we'll be focusing on in those in the in our at least mine and yours, I believe I can speak for you on this in those battle plans. One th- we'll give a little sneak peek is that we don't think Ryan Jensen is going to re-sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point in time. You know, we, we believe that he's probably going to price himself out. And again, not that the Bucs couldn't re-sign him, but just right. that they are going to look at the allotment of resources there and just say, I don't know if this is worth it. If he's going to command top of the market money, which is 12 and a half, 13 right now, the highest paid center in the league is Frank Ragnow, who is much yep. younger uh, than, then uh, Ryan Jensen, he's 13 and a half mil per year. And Jensen is legitimately in play from what we've heard f- to be like the number two guy after the outside yeah. of, of that cost. So it's on the table for him to be a second highest paid center in the league. And the Bucks just can't quite do that again, probably for him at 31 years old or don't want to at his age. I just, I don't, I think he's going to be somewhere else. I think so too. And, and, and listen, you can't blame the guy, right? He's coming off of a Super Bowl win last year. He's coming off of a Pro Bowl berth, his first one this year. He's going to be 31 years old. This is the time to cash in. If not now, when? Right? And yeah. and you you can't you can't uh, blame a player like Ryan Jensen who's in the twilight of his career, still in his prime, but this is going to be his last contract, right? For yeah. wanting to cash in. So to me, it's just yep. it, it's, just the way it's it works, time. man. It's business. He's going to chase that, and that's you know, all yep. credit to him. He got a ring in Tampa Bay. Did exactly right. what he was supposed to do. And somebody said here, uh, 10 mil. If the Bucks, if he was 10 mil and that was his market, yeah. maybe the Bucks would go there. If right. it's 13, I just don't think it's going to happen. I'll just be honest. I, I don't think it's going to happen. So uh, we'll see how that progresses. But mm-hmm. we don't even have that necessarily as one of the biggest needs because they don't pay Jensen. We'll see right. what happens with Carlton Davis and with, uh, with Chris Godwin. But we do expect both of them to be back. Yes. The question then becomes what happens with the fringe players, like, or the, the players you're not is quite sure about. We have that group that's probably going to retire. And then right. there's kind of like the – Leonard Fournette, Alex Kappa group that it's like, and Jordan Whitehead too, that it's like, okay, what's going to happen? I guess you could throw Gronk in that if he does decide to come back and play. Mm-hmm. We just are, we're thinking he'll think retire, he but we don't yeah. know yet. So we'll, we'll see. Kappa's <laughs> yeah. market looks like it's going to be about nine mil per year per PFF. Uh, yeah. Whitehead's market looks like it's going to be about six mil per year, which I find very doable. But for some reason, yes. they say, you know what? Todd Bowles is a safety whisperer. We found three guys in the draft. We can do it again that we mm-hmm. like. Um, Andrew Adams has come in and played well for us. Right. We can have him around, Mike Edwards, and we'll draft somebody at some point that can develop into the other guy. We've mm-hmm. done it in the third, fourth rounds before we can do it again. If that's how they see it, even though I think White it's cheap enough that I would try and resign him. Yeah, it's six that's million. That's how I, they see it. Yeah, I'm boxing the agent. Right. The contract right It doesn't now. affect anything else you're going to do in the secondary. And you got to remember, next year, there just are not that many big names that this team's going to want to right. So this is. These two years back to back are where they have to make all these decisions, but on the road, yep. it's not going to be this tough. So if you have a guy like that, I think it's worth keeping, but let's say they don't, then it becomes, okay, does Alex Kappa, do you have money to keep Alex Kappa? If you're going right. to let him go and some of these other guys retire and you get the savings from Brady restructures his contract down, you get some cap savings that way. Maybe mm-hmm. you extend Mike Evans and you clear up some room that, that way for this year off season two, there's paths to very easily having money to resign Alex Kappa if you want to, then you probably need to plug Hainsey in at center and you maybe yeah. sign a veteran center for cheap to compete. Um, Ooh, I like what you but, just said there, because I don't want to just start a rookie side end scene at center. That's so important, you know, so I'm all for competition. So I'm with you. Yeah. If, if Jensen doesn't come back, find a, you know, fair priced, you know, above average center. Now maybe not the, the mm-hmm. best center in the world. You can't afford him. Right. But, but get somebody else in there to, to compete with Hainsey. I think John. 
Yeah, you're right. I agree. And that's where I think they're going to look at it. And somebody said Ryan Jensen, third on comp pick. Yeah, I mean, he's going to, that's, um, it seems pretty much a given. Now yeah. you have to see who the Bucs also acquire because I think there's like addition subtraction in those situations. But I, I don't think that they're going to have anything to match it. So I would imagine, yes, they would probably get a third round comp pick eventually for Jensen as well, which is a factor right. in all of this. Where for Kappa, you might not. Um, we'll see. His market, it might not be a third. I don't know the math for all those things. But, yeah. Cap is also younger. He's got better every year. That matters um, in this situation because they're looking long-term for a lot of these signings. A lot right. of the short-term signings when Brady was there was like, all right, let's do this thing. Let's load up for 2021. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, they've got the flexibility to say, let's look at some longer-term options. I don't know whether he's going to be back. I just think yeah. the possibility is more on the table than it was a month or so ago. Well, yeah, certainly you can't afford both. You're not bringing Jensen no. and Cap back. There's no way. No. I'm just really – I'm going to be fascinated – because we've seen, John, some of these guards break the bank. It's kind of crazy, right? It's like all of a sudden, over the last couple of years, you see, and it's usually like two or three guards. You're just like, whoa, really? That much for a guard? Yeah. And But then there's a couple of guys that just weren't the pick of the litter, right? That are, that are you, you kind of slide into the second wave of free agency after that first week, right? And so it's going to be fascinating to see if a team thinks Kappa is one of those guys that they want to invest in. Or if, you know, it's musical chairs and he gets left standing and and then he slides into the more affordable price range, what we call the second wave of free agency, which takes place after the first week, after all the big money has been spent. Then you kind of get those value guys. I'm, I'm really going to be curious as to see what cap is value is, maybe even more so than any other Buccaneer, because it could be way higher than I would expect or want. Or it might be a yeah. really good value for the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, to me, I, let's just pretend for a second that they don't bring back either of them. Then mm -hmm. you it changes the dynamic to me a little bit, Scott. Then it's okay. Now we're going to the offseason. We have Hainsey, we have Stinney, we have Leverett. We'll see what Sedaris Hutcherson. Yeah. We know they liked him. I liked him coming out too. So that's why I throw his name in there. Arians right. is pretty complimentary of his start. But you mm -hmm. people need to understand. In Tampa Bay, you might think a certain way about Stinney or about yeah. Leverett after one game in a good right. camp, um, or even Hutcherson. But no, the Tampa Bay is not putting eggs in any of those baskets. Like it's clear, yeah. like they they thought Stinney could be a guy that competed, and he competed, but he frankly wasn't. Kappa didn't even have a great preseason, and Stinney still didn't beat him out. So it's you know right. it was pretty clear all season, you know. So I just I don't see that them putting all their eggs in those baskets at guard or at center. So if you lose both, then it's like, okay, can we sign one guy, one vet chief and free agency to help us if either center or guard ever manifest itself? We'll see. Maybe there's a position flexible guy out there. I don't know. But then can we look at maybe adding a guard in the draft? So I had a, I had a first round mock draft go up today and I just had the Bucks taking Zion Johnson at the end of the first round. And mm -hmm. right now the Bucks could take like almost any position <laughs> and they, and nobody yes. would bat an eye in the first round. Like it just, you don't know what's going to happen because of free agency. So many guys, Air right now. and even if yeah so there's it, just too much uncertainty so i gave him a guard and i thought you know if you could have zion johnson working next to tristan works for the next 10 years that'd be pretty pretty freaking fun i think so it's a good player uh, it feels like in a draft like this if you can get a sure thing even if he's not an elite player you you, you probably take it <laughs> you probably want to do that so if you could do that and then hainsey you know is is you know 75 percent of ryan jensen or the vet is whoever they bring in for cheap, then I think you've done. I mean, you've gotten your great offensive line and you've got the, the players in place you need to. The line's never going to look as good with a quarterback who is less sure of what they're doing. It's just not going to be the case. So they're going to get, there's going to be, people are going to criticize the line for falling off no matter what next year yeah. because Brady's the best pocket presence quarterback of all time right. and the best pocket movement quarterback of all time. I don't care how good your offensive line is. That helps right. immensely. So it there does. always is going to be that no matter how good the O-line is. You'll have that perception. But if yeah. you can add a guy like Zion to the mix, Scott, I think that it, it helps things a lot. So all that to say, we don't really know yet where the offensive line situation is going, yes. and we will reassess after free agency right. these needs. But as it goes, right. we go into it right now, we're looking at where their top three needs are as a team. What John's really saying, folks, is that with these mock drafts, his first-round mock, when it comes to the Buccaneers especially, and I, don't, I know guards don't excite fans. I, I get that. Uh, and the two mock drafts that I've kind of put up for Peter Report, seven-round mock drafts, we are literally taking a dart and throwing it at a board because we don't know which positions the Buccaneers are even going to need. This is not like last year where 
we're bringing everybody back. And then you sit there and say, okay, well, given the age, you know, of Jason Pierre Paul and all that stuff, they're probably going to get an, uh, an outside linebacker. You know, we, we kind of, we kind of narrowed that down, right? We, we nailed that. We actually nailed the trash pick this year. These first couple mocks until free agency's over are going to be just, these are players. We kind of think the Buccaneers would, would like, I think we think they'd be scheme fits, talent fits, et cetera. We're just, really kind of giving you some names to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, for this sure. is not this is not like we had Devin White and four out of five mocks and Jameis Winston and five out of five you know back in mm-hmm. twenty um fifteen. It's, it's not like that. It's probably the hardest to get, yeah, to get our first two mocks. Well, it's wide open for so many reasons. The draft class is bad. We have no clue what's going to happen with the quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Everybody's got a different order. Nobody likes them, but they're going to go because they're quarterbacks. How's that going to affect the rest of the board? It just, there's a million things up in the air right now. So really hard to predict the back end of the first round for sure. But we'll talk about wide receiver here in a second, Eric, but I do want to get to these super chats before we go quickly through our, our three here, Scott, that we have, because Leo says, and we appreciate the super chat, Leo. As a season ticket holder, I'm selling my tickets to opposing fans. <laughs> oh if Gabbard is what the team is putting on the field, four to five win oh season with gosh. him. Fair Whoa. opinion of Gabbard, in my opinion. But first, Whoa. first, four to let's five not sell wins. tickets to opposing fans here. Like Come on, now, Leo. Options. We love you, Leo. We but know but you here, love us. I do want to say this too, though. Yeah. Here's what I need from you, Leo. Tell me what the better alternative is for the box. If Watson, Wilson, Rodgers, Cannot be traded for, assuming right. Carr is staying, Cousins is staying. Even though I don't, I I would probably argue whether those, especially yeah. Cousins, is actually. I'm not that he isn't better than Gabbard. He is, but is he actually yeah. going to take your team anywhere that's worth going? Yeah. Other than the middle of the first round, where you can't get another top quarterback, probably not. Mm-hmm. So, answer me this, Leo. Like, what is the plan? Like, would you not want to sell those tickets if Bridgewater was your quarterback? Would you not want to <laughs> sell those tickets if Jameis was back on a one year deal? Like, uh. would you not want to sell those tickets if? Trask is the starting quarterback. I just don't know how much like Bridgewater probably wins you a couple more games, but what? So you could be in the middle of the first round. Like again, like what's the actual advantage? Cause right now there's yeah. still a lot of talent and players worth on that, on this team worth like going to see and rooting for and cheering for every single year. Like there's a ton of talent like yeah. that. This defense James Winston healthy. James Winston got up to seven and nine. I know this is a challenging schedule this year. It, it really is. The Bucks and are Winston is better than Gabbert, and he's probably yeah. better than Teddy Bridgewater, at least yeah. more upside than Teddy, different than right. Teddy Bridgewater. But at but the same time, the, the NFC South is is really, really down. It's there for the taking. I think the Buccaneers can can go nine and eight with Blaine Gabbert and still win the NFC South. And that gets them, guess what? A home playoff game. I don't agree with that. That's that's a different topic for another day. I mean, the, the NFL likes to reward yeah. mediocrity sometimes for the one down division that, you know, we've seen teams that have losing records host playoff games against 10 yeah. win teams. It's nuts, but that's what would happen. I think Tampa Bay, as long as there's no rash of injury, it's a thing where nine and eight could win the division next right. uh, this coming year. Yeah. And uh, Leo says, I know Gabbard's just a bridge, but him under center, how are you selling that to our free agents? Godwin can go to at least 15 teams with starting quarterbacks. That's true. But like, here's the other thing, Leo, like this is not as big a deal for players signing that are younger signing multi-year deals as it is for players that are, for example, like Ryan Jensen, who are 31, A, can get paid at the top of the market for their position when the Bucs don't have that, I mean, bandwidth Mm -hmm. for offensive line pay him anymore. And B, might be like okay i need to win a ring in the next year or two because that might be it for me yeah. you know that might occur to those guys but for guys like godwin like that's just not godwin really knows isn't. the team isn't gonna have gabbard for the next four years like he's not the right. quarterback of the future if brady were to come back they'd have him for one more year and let's say yeah. let's say godwin signs for five years he doesn't yeah, know godwin who the quarterback a four or five next... year deal it's yeah, yeah it's not godwin like... wouldn't know who the quarterback would be after brady right that's exactly. four more years of his deal that he doesn't know. right so i, it, I think I agree, that part John, is overstated I hear what fans are saying, but I think that part's overstated to me. Like yeah. young players, they love Tampa Bay and they trust the direction of the organization, which why right. wouldn't you? They just landed Tom freaking Brady from the Patriots yeah. <laughs> and won a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Like I think that you're you're signing that deal if you get a good fair money offer. Like mm-hmm. that's what it's about. And Godwin kind of said that too. He said, yeah, like I'll look at the quarterback situation, you know, in yeah. a recent interview. He said, but like what matters, like I'm looking at the money, I'm looking at the, the fit and the place like that. Like that's you know what he's looking at it. So I, I don't see it as a big deal that other people see it as. Um, you know, obviously it could be like a tiebreaker thing potentially if, you know, he, but again, it's the Bucks are an organization he loves and wants to stay with. So we'll just see what happens. I just yeah. don't think 
again, and also they're not selling him. Gabbard is going to be our quarterback. Like right now right. they're exploring their options. And when yeah. free agency hits, they're going to be exploring their options. Deshaun Watson That's could right. be one of those options. Russell Wilson could be one of those options. And a trade before the season could be mm-hmm. one of those options. We've seen that happen before, you know, That's right. not that it was good, but Sam Bradford, you know, we've seen those things happen. So th- this is team is this organization is not settling for mediocrity and everybody right. as a part of the organization knows that they've seen them go all in. They know they believe this roster can win now. So this isn't a yeah. rebuild. Chris situation. Godwin has seen Leonard Fournette sign in September. He has yeah. seen Antonio Brown sign in October, right? I mean, right. he knows Jason Light, John Spitek, and the personnel department is working round the clock, 365 days out of the year, trying to upgrade the roster. Right. It's. I think that that part of it matters, too. I get the concern. I'm not saying yep. it isn't, but, um, yeah, I, I, I do think that part's important to yep. point out. So I do appreciate your Super Chat, so Leo. It is uh, good good questions and good fodder for us. Right. Let's dive into Scott to is one of the things we want to talk about on today's show. Yes. And we'll just kind of go through this quickly a little bit, but the biggest needs for the team, you and I each picked three, I think mm-hmm. um, in terms of biggest needs for the team uh, this off season that they need to address. This could be right. a unit, a player, a position group, whatever. Uh, but j- j- what's your, what do you, what do you got? Uh, give me your first biggest need uh, for the team this off season. Well, it's, it's not priority of need, right? Because I think, I think all of these needs are big, right? I mean, well, I mean, you, like, you think this one's probably the biggest, you think it's probably the most important um, position on the field. No, I, 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 I just want to get into your skin a little bit, John <laughs> running backs, running backs, you know, the guys that carry the ball, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those guys. So uh, oh, look little, at this. You prepared a, a analysis on here, Okay. <laughs> I did a little analysis on this. Okay. Because I, I know that you and Paul Atwal from Pewter Report would love to see Bruce Arians and whoever the quarterback is, Blaine Gabbard, whoever, Kyle Trask, go you know five wide all the time, right? And literally just play without running backs, right? Like if you're a running back in the Buccaneers, just go field. cover a kick, right? Just just go cover a punt, right? Special team. Hope you're right? a good gunner. Exactly, exactly. But the Bucks running backs actually totaled 447 touches last year. Too many. For 2,194 yards, much to John Ledyard's chagrin, and they scored 14 touchdowns. Now, John, I know John's going to say, okay, Scott, but look down there. They had the receivers and tight ends totaled 4,787 yards and scored 31 touchdowns. That's like double. You're right. It is. It is double. It's double the yards, double the touchdowns. I, I get you, John. I feel you. But the problem is, is neither one of us are the play callers. We're not Bruce Arians. This isn't our offense, and we're not Byron Leftwich. So I'm saying they're going to hand the ball off at some point in time, right or wrong. And True. they're going to throw the ball to these guys out of the backfield. And so all I'm saying is somebody's got to mm-hmm. account for all these touches. And you know what? Right. Um, if if it's if it's not Tom Brady, they're probably throwing the ball even a, a touch less because you're right. not going to have as a prolific thrower. So you're going to be running the ball a little bit more. So I kind of throw all these numbers together again just to kind of get into your skin, John, a little bit, but also just to kind of point out that that it's one of those things that I appreciate that. Thank you, G Vegas. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that 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 this running back group really outside of Fournette does not excite me. And yeah. I'm not even saying re-sign Leonard necessarily. If, no, if they right. if they can kind of string this along like they did last year, let Leonard test the market and then he comes crawling back to the Buccaneers for less than five million. Yeah, bring him yeah. back. He's a good fit. But I'd like to see, and you know, we we both like Javante Williams last year in the draft uh, from North Carolina, went to Denver. Um, we, we I'd like Jonathan Taylor, right? Obviously, he's he's a good running back for the Colts, led the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. If there's one blind spot that J- Jason Light has, and I'm writing about this in a future fat, it is the Bruce running Bruce back position. Potentially. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce yeah. Harris might have this blind spot too. Yeah, considering yeah, against exactly Keyshawn Vaughn right. as Walter Payton. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know he was enamored with Ernest Graham or not Ernest Graham, um, Peyton Barber. I mean they're, they're the same Barber, guy, yeah. Ernest Graham, Peyton Barber, same guy. <laughs> yeah, same guy. <laughs> Look the same, run the same. Everything. Yeah, exactly, same guy, right? And and that's that's Damian Pierce, by the way, for you Florida fans out there this year. Oh, that's, that's who oh he you is. hater. That's who he is. I'm just you telling hater. You. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah. Actually, this is a good point, Scott. I uh, don't disagree with anything you've said. Obviously, if we're ranking value, like you said, I, I would have running back down there. But you're right that I agree that it's a matters who gets these touches. Like this is mm-hmm. legitimately, whether you like it or not, this is going to be a position that matters for the bucks this yeah. season. So Strictly you don't have to overpay are... for that. Right. Like yeah. we've seen that we've, we've seen teams, you know, not have to overpay for that and still get good quality play from the position. Exactly. So we will see kind of what happens and how this unfolds, but it is worth noting that 
Although you can find quality play at running back later in the draft, this is not a draft with a lot of high-end talent at running back. There is yep. you don't see matter one of even fact, jokingly mocked in the first round. Correct. <laughs> so you know that's what? When you know it's bad. Here's the thing. I um I, I I'm a believer too that that really good running backs should be drafted high. Like, right? I mean, Adrian Peterson was well worth the first round pick invested in him, right? And and you can go down the list of all the running backs who have been successful. A lot of them are first round picks. Totally agree. I wouldn't even draft a running back in the first couple of rounds. I mean, if there's the yeah. right guy at the end of the third round, better than Keyshawn Vaughn, I would spend the pick. Um, I do the same thing in free agency. Um, why this is a priority is because you only have one guy out of there's four no. on your, your depth <laughs> yeah. chart right now. It's it's basically a barren position. Uh, whether it is a Darrell Williams from Kansas City, he would be a good fit because he's a runner and a catcher. Whether it's a Jarek McKinnon, who's a good runner and catcher uh, from Kansas City, whether it's Chase Edmonds, a runner and a catcher. I, I would love to see them get Cordell Patterson, but I don't want them to, to overpay for this guy. And he's going to get paid, even though he's going to be 30, 31. He would be an ideal fit in Tampa. But I think you can get some of these value running backs because it, they are kind of dime a dozen, John, in free agency and also in the draft. I like a lot of the guys. We had uh, Tyson Algier <clears throat> yeah. as, a, as a late third-round pick at a BYU. Uh, Pierre Strong would be a great day three pick for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Rashad White from Arizona State, a great day three pick. We've talked about mm-hmm. um, Zadarius, or I'm sorry, Zaquandre White out of South mm-hmm. Carolina. He might even get drafted. I just think that there's the, the running backs that I like, the versatile guys that can run and catch the ball, they're really going to be day three guys. So yeah. it needs to be addressed. But it can certainly, like you said, be a back burner position, get a value guy in free agency, get a value guy in the draft, mm-hmm. and, and maybe bring Leonard back if you know if the price is right. Yeah, the, the reality is that the, the, if you look at the free agent group, because you're like, okay, you could draft one, you could, and, and I'm not saying they won't, but also Keyshawn Vaughn's young and inexperienced. Maybe you bring Geo back, and so you don't want to add a veteran, You know, maybe bring him back for cheap. Right. That's a possibility. But I don't think Rojo's coming back, and I really don't no, think Lenny's coming back. PFF has him at two I years, eight, eight million per year. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's happening in Tampa Bay for that yeah. cost. They just they have shown that they yeah. really want to pay that position, I think, since the Doug Rojo's Martin gone. Um, I, I, I Rojo's gone. So, gone. okay, so James Conner had a really good year. He's been hurt he a did. lot in his career, but he had a really good year. He had like a ridiculous amount of touchdowns yeah. for the Cardinals. This he stayed year. healthy, which was key. Yeah, he's cheaper than, yeah. than he's going to be cheaper because of his, his injury history. I think probably I think this he's guy, still young. but He's the next James Conner right here, the Algier kid. Algier, okay. Tyler so, I mean, there's options in the draft. So right. I haven't watched any of the running backs yet for the draft, so I'll reserve judgment there. But yep. I trust you when you say that. Chase Edmonds, I believe – Am I right that Arians was there when he was drafted in Arizona? Is Not he, sure. He I think he was a he was a 2018 guy. Was he? So that was Arians' year off, maybe. Correct. That was his. Okay. Yeah. He, he okay. coached through 2017. So maybe he wasn't there. Okay, yeah. I could be remembering that wrong. But anyway, Chase Edmonds very much a Bucks type of back because he's yeah. really good pass catcher. He can he can he probably doesn't carry the load, but he shares the load for right. sure. He's a guy for sure. Change of pace yeah. back. And he's probably going to be pretty cheap. So, I mean, he's right. an option out there. And, and really, a, a John. really underrated option I like, Scott, is, yep. is Sony Michelle because he's not going to break the bank. Elite pass protector. One of the best pass protecting yep. backs in the, in the league. PFF has him at two years, a little over $4 million. He's not going to do a lot in the passing game, right. but he has run in different schemes his entire career in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's a chain mover. He's, he's just a good, solid player, good vision. If the blocking's there, he will not miss it. He's not going to create a ton. One, two Super Bowls, too. He's won a couple of Super Bowls. Yeah. Like he, he's a good player to have. I agree. And there's other guys out there. Melvin Gordon's a good player. So free agency, yeah, there's not like that. But like Rashad Penny, he tore it up for Seattle late in the That's year. Like What's I loved a couple him? years ago. Yeah. PFF yeah. has him at one year, two million. So there's right. other options out there. And although Fournette grew as a pass protector and a receiver this past yeah. year, I think they're actually some of these guys can be better as pure rushers than Fournette was. Mm-hmm. If you can find a way to get, maybe you bump Bernard, maybe you bring Bernard back cheap. And you bump his right. receiving responsibilities, or you, or Vaughn grows in that area, which he's a good pass protector already. We haven't Agreed. talked about that hardly at all, but Vaughn pass protected his butt off last year when he was yeah. in there. So that's a big to. plus. Yeah. Can you get <laughs> anybody play. to be competent receivers? You can kind of committee wise fill out that backfield. You're not going to have a feature guy, maybe like Fournette and Pat last year, but right. I, yeah. I, I think that there's other paths rather than paying Lenny, you know, eight mil per year for the next two years. Yeah, and I think the thing too is is when you when you look at at the the running backs um, that that we've seen to 
been deployed in, in, in Tampa. Bruce Arians has been a running back by committee guy. It was really just this year when Leonard just kind of unexpectedly mm-hmm. took over, right? I mean, they brought Giovanni Bernard in to be the third down back. They were fully prepared to split carries between Rojo and Fournette, and Rojo just kind of crapped the bed and Fournette took off. So right. go, go back to the last or the first two years with Arians in Tampa. It's been a running back by committee, and I think it's going to be more running back by committee than ever with whoever they draft and bring in, unless they bring Fournette mm-hmm. back because he's just been familiar with that role. Right, John, right. who do you have in terms okay. of one of your We got to pick up the pace on this to finish, so I'm yes. going to go kind of quickly here. Wide receiver three, I've written about this a ton, and I've talked about it a ton on the podcast. I assume if Godwin is back, right. uh, that, that position just has to be upgraded. You cannot go into next season and have Tyler Johnson or Rashad Perryman or Jalen Darden or even Cyril Grayson competing for that position. It's foolishness in my opinion. That is not how you want to approach this position. Agreed. Scotty Miller, any of those guys. This is clearly, they have gotten ample opportunity. They are not where you're looking for wide receiver three. Maybe you carry one of the routes. Maybe it's wide receiver four that they that they occupy that role, but you've got to upgrade that position early in the draft or yep. in free agency. There are options. I've written about them. Go back and check Buck's briefing from last week. Traylon Burks was in our in our last mock. He is my wide receiver one in this class. Yeah, I'm not going to be I got to offer this correction, Scott, and then I want to move quickly on to, sure. to, to, to uh, some of our other positions here. But you guys said yesterday, I heard you and Casey on the show, and, and one or both of you speculated maybe if he runs 4-6 or 4-5, he might fall to the Bucks range. Just going to be just going to yeah. be very clear here. Traylon Burks is not He's running 4-5 or 6. He's running 4-4. Yep. I've even been told he might run four three, even though he's well, doing a pulled the hamstring, pounds. John. We can all that's hope, right. can't we? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's happening. And I before. know that that's out there that he might run four five four six, yeah. but I'm just that's people, not happening. No, he, the, the, the tape London shows is, he pulls away yeah. from people. Yeah, Drake London Drake. is four five four six. Yeah, Traylon Burks is four three four four. That's what. Yeah. That's the difference there. You're going to see one guy's stock go way up and one guy's mm-hmm. stock go way down once they run. I think so. That's the wide receiver three spiel. I've been on it. Obviously, I'll continue to write about off season. I want to talk about a position that we both kind of agree on here, Scott. Defensive tackle, yes. not a ton of it in this draft, but if Sue retires and McClendon retires, it just it, this position matters. You, I think that Golson's going to come back, yeah. but you want to have more than Golson and Vea, and Nacho's a good player, but can you get an, another younger guy in there? I don't think you need like five guys, but right. can you get another younger player in there who can give you yep. some pass rush juice? It, maybe it's in free agency, maybe not, but uh, Devontae Wyatt at the end of the first round is a, is a great yeah. Guy we, could be right there on the board. I love that fit. Really like Devontae Wyatt because mm-hmm. he's he's more of more of like that Warren Sapp-ish type player where he's a quick one gap penetrator, Fletcher Cox, Geno Atkins. Kind of think about that that style of play. Maybe not the same body type, but the, that style of play, right? Um, we would love to see the Bucks go in this position. I'd love to see a Buccaneer tackle get eight to ten sacks again. Uh mm-hmm. I, I know it's harder and harder to do with the quick passing game and guard play getting better throughout the years. You don't have the the Warren Saps, the Leroy Lovers, the John Randalls getting, you know, 15, 16, 17 sacks a season. Mm-hmm. But one of the guys we had in, in our mock in the second round was Travis Jones from UConn, who is that big kind of Indomica Sioux type of player, not as talented as Sue is, but but he's the kind of guy that's going to push the pile, kind of be that bull rusher stuff the run. And John, we know how much Todd Bowles likes to blitz. But the blitzes don't happen on third down unless they stop the run on first, and the Buccaneers are the best in the business at that. It starts up front. Right, for sure. Good options, uh, good names to have out there. I think the draft, getting younger, probably more of a possibility for the Bucs yeah. than a big-name free agent, as much as you and I would love B.J. Hill for Ooh, yeah. you know, a mid-tier <laughs> contract. My language, my friend, yeah. yes. I don't know if it would happen. but I agree. Uh, last one for me is, other than defensive tackle, is slot cornerback. I, I I want them to change the way – I'm going to write about this at some point. I want the Bucs to change the way they, they feel about slot cornerback position. I don't want Sean Murphy bunting in there, and I don't want you to move, have to move Antoine Winfield to play slot corner either. He's a darn good free safety, mm-hmm. and he can play in the box and blitz as a strong safety when you need him to. I'm all about them getting more flexible at safety, and if you have a matchup you like Winfield for on occasion, okay, but he's not a size miss, tight end mismatch eliminator type of guy. He's not that big, so – I don't know. They don't have an answer at slot cornerback right now on this roster, and I would love to see them get one this offseason. Is it an actual guy who played slot in the in in college? Maybe uh, Jalen Petrie from Baylor. We've talked about. He played yep. pretty much exclusively slot or in the box for for Baylor. He is, in my opinion, he's pretty small, and I don't think he's going to test that great. So I think we might see him slide down the board. Maybe he's a he's a, a pick later in the draft mm-hmm. for the Bucks. That could be a possibility. Uh, Dax Hill. Am I saying that right? Dax is it Hill? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Jackson, yeah, Hill, Jackson from Hill from Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, another slot heavy guy um, who, the, who could the, be an the option. Bucks kind of view him more as a safety, which is okay because they've used Winfield in that role, right? They've used Mike Edwards in that role, but they kind of view him as a Mike Edwards, uh, Antoine Winfield type of player rather than a guy like a Sean Murphy Bunting who is more of a pure corner, like in the slot and outside. Mm -hmm. But John, I'm open to to new ideas and I'm I'm curious as to how you're going to tackle the position here. And you know what? It might be a thing where you might just have to get a football player and not a guy that's that has the flexibility to go inside and outside like Sean Murphy Bunting does, especially if Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis are your best corners and they're your starters. Maybe that's it's a flex position where it is kind of like an Edwards mm-hmm. and in a in a Winfield where it's it's a flex position between safety and and nickel. Yeah, absolutely could be. There's no question that that's in the cards. But yeah. this position, in my opinion, needs I to be agree. addressed. Tyler Gordon is the guy who can play in the slot. Some there's a lot of corners he in this is. class who can play in yeah. the slot. Some. I just think they need to look at their options. We're, we're going to look at their options, especially as they proceed through mm-hmm. free agency and see what happens at safety to know kind of how that might outlook at there might be. But right. I don't think they trust Mike Edwards full time there. They don't want to move Winfield. Sean Murphy Bunting hasn't been good enough. Ross Cockrell's not the answer. So they, they need an answer. They need a better score because I think they might have one of the ascending pairs of outside corners in the league mm-hmm. going into next year. Along with Winfield, hold you one back. of the rising stars of safeties. Right. Figure out the nickel spot. And you're going to fix that pass defense pretty epically, I think. Even if you lose Whitehead, you can replace him still. I don't want to lose him, but you can replace him still in coverage at least. Um, if they can figure out slot, I think you're going to see if they're healthy. Dean Davis, slot, Winfield. That's going to be one to come one of the better secondaries in the league, I think, going into next yeah. year. If totally they keep on that hills. Okay, last one. You've got tight yep. end. You want to touch on that really quick? Seems yeah, obvious. Dude. Again, it's it like the running back situation. You literally need human beings. <laughs> you need them to play. You need bodies, right? Yeah. It's like right, you know, as it stands right now, you've got Cam Brate, who is your tight end uh, sign. Now you also have Cody McElroy, but Cam Brate, I love Cam. He's been fantastic for the Buccaneers. He's going to be 31 next year. Ideally, he is like your situational tight end three, right? And at times, he was definitely tight end two this year. And when Gronk wasn't there, he was tight end one, and that's not really ideal. So I, I don't think Gronk is coming back. I, I think that ship has sailed. To me, when you look at, at the tight end uh, position in the draft, it's actually the deepest position, in my opinion. And again, kind of like the running backs, there's a lot of day three tight ends I like. You don't even have to yep. pay a premium price right. for a tight end. Right. The Bucks drafted yep. O.J. Howard with the 17th overall pick. There's not a first-round tight end this year, and that's okay. I'm because gonna be, yeah, I'm going to be mashing wide receiver defensive tackle early yeah, to the Bucks. for sure. And for sure. tight end running back in the middle rounds. So yeah, like that's definitely. Did. This is a deep draft for tight ends. They're going to have their specific kind, right? So, you know, bypass the. There's blockers. That's the, rare. Yeah, right. And and you're going to bypass the six foot four, 240 pound Isaiah Likely's uh, from Coastal Carolina. Think more of like Ohio State's Jeremy Ruckert at 6'5, 250. Um, Jalen Wid- Widmire from Texas AM, uh, more of a receiving type. Same with Derek Deese Jr. From San Jose State at 6'4, 235. Uh, Greg uh, Dulcich from UCLA, 6'3, 245. Those guys are too light. Mm-hmm. You have Cole Turner from Nevada, 6'6, 240. He's just a big wide receiver. Think Jake Ferguson. Dulcich is nice, though. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Rockert yeah. is a good box fit, as Long Lost Gazer uh, points out. Yep. So is McBride, if that's the way they go in the second round. Yep. I don't know if they value it that yep. much. But. Jelani Woods from Virginia, 6'7, mm-hmm. 265. Charlie Kolar, who I saw play a lot at, at Iowa State, 6'6, 260. Those are guys that can catch and run. That's what what Bruce Arians wants. That's what they were hoping OJ Howard would give him. And he really hasn't panned out. So, um, but you need bodies, right? It's great. And it's, it's Cody McElroy right now. So I I think that, I I think that they need probably two more tight ends, one maybe in free agency Mm -hmm. as a find and then another as a draft pick. Yeah. Could, could go a couple different routes with that. We've talked about Max Williams as a potential free agent target too blocker, heavy guy. There's lots of blocker heavy. Again, I don't think they're looking to replace Gronkowski's role. They're looking to find guys who make the, who allow them to run their system, yes. and then they're going to funnel through the wide receivers like yeah. they did in the past yeah. before Still, Gronk was an option. Right. Still a wide receiver-based offense in terms of the priority mm-hmm. for the targets. But when you have a guy like Gronk, you're going to throw him the ball, right? And Heath yeah. Miller was that way in Pittsburgh as well, right? So, so Bruce Arians, if you give him a good tight end, he's going to use him. But they still need him because they still put the priority on the running game as well. 
Right. For sure. No question about it. So those are kind of the biggest needs that we feel like you have. There's a lot of them. We could have gone, we could have mentioned other positions maybe, but also some of those might not be needs by the time that right. this thing wraps itself up. So it is a kind of an off season where we're just not sure. I went with ones that I think wide receiver three and slot corner, especially would be ones that I'd like to see the team address yeah. no matter what. We'll see what happens to defensive tackle. You obviously can't reach and you got to let the board fall to you. And that's it, been it's all about one. the investments, John. That's yeah. I mean, you, you've got to make the investments uh, in, in those positions because they're lights in terms of, of their, uh, of the guys on the roster, you know, when it comes to investments, the only place to go folks is our proud partners at Immuni financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. John, we get to get to get Colorado, man. We got to, right? It's spring breaks coming up. Listen, folks, uh, when it comes to, to managing your family's wealth, it just means more to a company like Immuni Financial. That's where my investments are. You can trust them like I trust them. They're simply more than just allocating your assets. It, they get involved in the legacy planning, the brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts for your kids and insurance services. They're like the one-stop shop for all of your financial needs for your household. So over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, do what I did. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call the folks over there. Uh, talk to David. Talk to Mark. Immuni Financial, 1-800-868-6864. Tell them that Peter Report sent you. Visit them on the web at immuni.com. All right, Scott, that kind of wraps up today's show and just talking about the, the what we think are the needs for this team. Touched on quarterbacks and offensive line, Ryan Jensen, Ox Cap at the beginning of the show as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground on today. And tomorrow yes. we'll be back on the we show. Have a lot of needs, folks. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> may, maybe or probably or definitely. Yeah, one yeah. of the go. It's going to be a crazy offseason. We're going to continue the conversation about it tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on the podcast as well. Looking forward to that. Then next week, Matt and I are going to be in Indy. We're going to get in fly in Tuesday. Jason Light and Bruce Arian speak on Tuesday afternoon. Matt and I are getting in the morning. So we are going to be running over there, covering their ta them talking. That's what we're going to have pods on that and the combine, how it unfolding and what we're hearing uh, for the rest of the week. So we're greatly looking forward to it. We're excited about it. As always, we appreciate everybody jumping in, tuning in and listening. Hit like on the way out. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Helps boost our YouTube SEO algorithm and all that fun stuff. And so give us that love if you can on the way out of the show. Until tomorrow, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.